Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30 night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to episode zero of the Rusty Quill Gaming Podcast, an actual play podcast for extended tabletop RPGs. We're coming to you from London, England. Uh, I'm your host and game master, uh, Alex Newell, and with me today are uh, James Ross, uh, Bryn Monroe, Ben Meredith, Lydia Nicholas. And it's our first ever recording. Woo! Filmed in front of a live studio audience yeah. of us as well. In, a, in, an, empty room. in an empty room. <laughs> I'm watching you. Okay, so I'm still um, watching you. <laughs> if you want to skip straight to the story, you should probably be starting on episode one because this is actually episode zero. Uh, it's the first of our sort of meta casts. These are bonus episodes talking about the mechanics of the game that we're playing, sort of how we made characters, leveling up, that kind of thing. Um, so just to tell you a bit more about the game itself, we're playing the Pathfinder D20 system. 
Um, for anyone who wants to know, that's based on the old 3.5 Dungeons and Dragons, but they kind of streamlined it and, and got rid of some of the kinks and the teething problems. Um, it's open source and it's available legally and totally above board at uh, www.d20 pfsrd.com we'll include so, that in so the we didn't, dumps we didn't need to kill that guy to get this yeah you told me this is illegal underground and exciting now <laughs> I know that oh, right well I'm off to traffic some opium <laughs> <laughs> you're not supposed to be in character yet <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, yeah, um, the reason we're using that is, um, firstly, it's the system that I'm most familiar with, um, because I'm GMing, I'm game mastering, it's useful for me to sort of at least understand the system that I'm going to be using. That said, I'm probably going to be deferring to Bryn quite a lot, as I'd I'd say he's the more experienced GM out of the two of us. Marginally. But you've played a lot more systems than I have, definitely. That's probably true. You'll both muddle along. Oh, bless. Um, (laughs) Let the record show that Bryn has 10 D20s in front of him, arranged by size and colour. Like my small metal men. (laughs) Yeah. And that's true. And one of the main reasons using Pathfinder is it's got a really broad scope. Um, One of the benefits of the rules is they're a bit massive, but it covers pretty much most eventualities, and there's so many third-party systems that are still available for free online. I mean, I totally recommend that everyone buy the books, by the way, if you're listening. It's really, really like encouraging them to keep going with the open-source stuff. So anytime that you can buy a book, please do. The reason we're doing the open-source version is just so that like listeners at home can follow along and basically see what we're doing. I have a book, but my old flatmate stole it and moved to Paris. But we love him. We love him. He's great. I he, used to love him. He makes, yeah, lovely, no, he lo- he makes lovely macaroons. Yeah, and I'm fat now. Thanks to him. <laughs> <laughs> um, just so everyone knows as well, the story world is completely original. Um, I it, I made it myself. Um, oh, is it completely original? It's yeah. quite I was about to say, it is drawing world. a lot. It is yeah. drawing a lot from two things. One, uh, the Eberron setting for Dungeons & Dragons 3.5. Uh, and also, yeah, re- reality is in there because I'm really bad at geography. Yeah. So I thought it'd be a good learning experience for me, you know, to base it in the real world. I might actually learn where things are. Um, but what that means, though, is sort of from a mechanical standpoint, quite a lot of time I'm going to be reskinning things. So I'll be having a monster that's got all of its stats. But, you know, instead of it being like a dog, I'll say it is a, a, a weird feral human. I don't know. Um, but as long as it sort of mechanically is the same, I can reskin it and it'll still be all right. But I'll always try and make sure I tell people what the monster is so they can look at it. This up. is a dog, but purple. <laughs> yeah, totally reskinned. Um, the only limits here are imagination. <laughs> <laughs> purple dogs, blue dogs, guys. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. We like, we like to have fun here. <laughs> you don't have to be mad to podcast here. Well, I've got a mug. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, carry on. It's all right. Meta Um, meta joke in a meta podcast. Yeah, Yeah, I was about to say, if you're going to get meta, then this is definitely the podcast. Okay, so today we're covering character creation specifically. um, How we got to where we sort of did with the characters, so that when we start with episode one, um, we all know what we're doing, we all know what our system is, what the rules are. Um, For anyone who's not played an RPG before, and this is the first time you're listening, you're curious... Basically, how it works is that you, you're pretending to be your characters. You sort of improvise conversations and you play out scenes with one another, um, kind of informally because it's a tabletop. And any time that your character does something, so whether it's trying to like seduce a guard or you know fire a catapult or even just you know straight up hit something, 
Yeah, totally. Um, basically, Bryn, Bryn makes that noise. Bryn makes that noise. <laughs> He's very gifted. And then he tells us what happens. Um, what it is, is it's, it's determined statistically. Um, it's all, it's all randomised, but character creation is where we, we basically factor in the things that your character's good at by giving you modifiers. So that means when you roll that dice, you're getting a plus two, a plus three, whatever, and it's basically to reflect that you're good at something but can still mess it up. Um, so with that my, in mind, I'm going to go around and get people to give a little... Little brief introduction to what their character's name is and what they look like, starting with you, James. So my character, Sir Bertrand Bertie McGuffingham, um, is uh, he looks like a tall Hugh Laurie playing uh, Bertie Worcester in the early nineties, uh, Fry and Laurie, uh, Jeeves and Worcester, uh, except taller and fatter and armoured like a tank. <laughs> Tell us a bit more about your armour. Yeah, uh, my character's armour, uh, it's huge and incredibly flashy uh, because Sebastian Bertie McGuffingham is an idiot um, and <laughs> uh, just went in uh, to the armour show and was like, I want the best armour, please. And they totally saw him coming. So it's very much the sort of armour that he would wear if he were perhaps going clubbing. Um, <laughs> so the uh, the family crest of the uh, McGuffingham family is uh, the Maltese Falcon. See what I did there? <laughs> Quite pleased with that. Um, and uh, yeah, so the uh, the armour is a big falcon's head with big falcons everywhere. Falcons, falcons, falcons. And the falcon at the top has got red eyes that just, they don't have any real function. They sort of glow in the dark. Not enough to actually see by, but enough to be a nuisance. Uh, that's it. Big flashy armour. And it's all cunningly carved. It's very much like showroom armour. Okay, cool. And uh, bring your character's name and what they look like. Uh, so my character is called um, Hamid Salah Harun Al-Tahan. Um, and uh, he is Egyptian uh, and he's a halfling. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are both quite obvious uh, <laughs> traits. Um, so, he's, you know, he's got sort of golden brown skin. He's quite tall for a halfling. Um, he, he's a lot less hairy than the average halfling. Um, <laughs> he is like very well manicured and very well put together. He wears, you know, he always wears a sort of a three-piece suit, um, and you know, he's got very, very neat hair, always clean shaven. He's got sort of large brown eyes that have occasionally been described as soulful. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, we have an artist for the podcast, and, and she was asking for character descriptions, and then I went, "I'm really sorry." What? One of their eyes is soulful. And she goes, oh, it's always soulful yes. or pained or, or I, distant. I don't see a need to avoid stereotypes. I mean, you know, they can be useful. Um, For bigots. In, in, I'm anti-soulful. When, I think you, do you mean uh, tropes? tropes. Yeah. When creating a character, it's nice to do some things that are classic. It's nice to do some things that are unusual. My dwarf has a beard. So far, this doesn't sound like a character profile. This sounds like an online dating profile. (laughs) Okay, okay, cool. And uh, Ben, your character's name and... What they look like? Uh, my character's name is Sulfur Mackay's. Um, he is a group <laughs> of... He's a sentient eye golem. Just pain is awful. He's a dwarven cleric. Um, oh my god, he has a beard. Yeah. <laughs> he has a beard. Um, yeah, Zolf Smith. Um, he is from the West Country. Uh, <laughs> um, it is the funniest of the four countries. So carry on. <laughs> Um, yes, and how he looks. So he is a rather grizzled uh, person, a salty sea dog, if you will, um, wearing sort of a, a quite cheap off the peg um, sort of scale armour. Um, he's wearing a, usually wears a sort of large wax kind of storm coat 
Um, not bright yellow, usually brown. He doesn't look like Paddington Bear. Oh, you couldn't like Paddington. I totally showed it. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> blonde hair, green eyes, uh, blonde sort of haystack hair. So not very dwarf, not ponytail or anything like that, but just like a random haystack. Although um, his beard is sort of a pair of mutton chops that have got way out of hand, uh, go right down his face and uh, kind of, uh, they're like reverse pigtails. And I made sort it's of... It's like Boris gest- Johnson's grandfather. <laughs> is, is, is your beard braided? Do you have, yeah. you have a braided beard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Two, two braids down each, like, jowl, I suppose. <laughs> um, yeah, wearing... Uh, so he's got a trident. <laughs> that is a character. Oh, yeah, That's he's totally a good thing. He's always sense. seen with his trident. Uh, and he's got a driftwood dolphin uh, sort of... Anything inconvenient below the waist? Oh, yeah, he's, he hasn't got a leg. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that. His left leg is let's, missing. Let's examine that a bit more. So I, I really like that choice because I'm a big fan of not power gaming, which is where you sort of optimise your character a lot. And if there's one thing that giving yourself a peg leg is doing, it's not power gaming. And why is that, Ben? Uh, why is that? It's because you get a hell of a lot of penalties on things. You get... Uh, I'm, I'm limited to 10-foot speed, so running is not in my repertoire. I can totter uh, rapidly, but not too rapidly. It's a penalised stealth as well. It might do. Go, it, like, it's very hard to stealth when you're going... <laughs> Is up. the first mission going to be obtaining a slipper? Is that <laughs> in episode one? We, the I was going to say in episode leg. one, we fashioned some kind of <laughs> rudimentary moccasin for your peg leg. Yes, um, it is a metal peg leg. Um, oh, so it clangs. Uh, well, it's probably got like a little wooden wooden uh, foot, not like a foot foot, but a little um, like a rubber thing. But obviously, like cork, not rubber. It? Yeah, cork, cork, probably be a decent sure. thing. Okay, um, so, Lid, if you can tell us a bit more about your character's name and the way that they look. Uh, so, yeah, my character's name is Sasha Rackett. Uh, mm-hmm. She's a small, wiry woman with uh, black hair, cut very short. She's mm-hmm. generally pretty agitated, so is always running her hand through her hair and it spikes up in all kinds of directions. In terms of what she looks like, you'll kind of realise that there's almost deliberately not much to notice. Lots of kind of dark well-cut but unintrusive kind of clothes okay. and a nice big leather jacket. Kind of like social camouflage. Yeah, you're you're going to find it hard. Description runs off her like water off uh, sort of unobtrusive ducks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bizarrely, your actual description of her is quite extensive and apt, given it's someone who you're basically saying it's really hard to describe her because she deliberately makes herself hard to describe. Yeah, uh, you might notice that the jacket and the clothes are more are slightly well cut uh, mm-hmm. and well fitted, but you'd only really notice if you focused hard, which would be hard to do because she doesn't draw much attention to herself and is generally sitting in shadowy corners. Okay, cool. So that's just a bit of a lowdown on everyone's characters. Um, now we're going to go into a bit more about the mechanical detail of you know how how we arrive at something that we can actually use in the game that reflects those characters. So um, with the Pathfinder system, again, if you go onto that um, d20pfsrd.com, they've got a really helpful page on character creation, which just runs through all the, all the basic things. So the first thing that you need in most tabletops of the D20 system, six main ability scores, which are strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma with strength being kind of obviously how strong you are, how hard you can hit, how heavy you can carry, things like climbing as well, things that have a good strong strength element. 
Dexterity, you know, how quick you are to dodge, rolling, acrobatics, that kind of thing. Uh, constitution, you know, how hardy you are. Are you, are you of a, you know, a, a, a northern stock who can withstand the cold or like a, a, a desert tribe who are very good at the heat? You know, something that will determine how healthy you are, basically. Intelligence, what it says on the tin. Um, in this game system, it gives you more skill points, which are like specific skills that you're good at. Um, but it's also how you approach a problem. Uh, wisdom being uh, the flip side of that coin, which is more intuitive experience. The way I've always had it described to me is intelligence is someone who can look at the sky and know it's going to rain. Wisdom is someone who knows to take an umbrella. One is experience based, the other one is sort of more learned and academic. Um, and then charisma is, a lot of people say it's likability of the character. I tend to think of it more as how good they are in social situations at getting things done. So, sort of uh, organising a team, if you're going to be a good leader. Pers persuasiveness. Yeah, persuasiveness. Um, also lying, things like that. Yeah. Basically, it's if you, you couldn't be a good leader and have bad charisma, you just I, couldn't. I do like to think of it as pretty closely linked to physical attractiveness as well. A lot of people do, and I, I totally understand it, because physical attractiveness is a quality. Um, that said, I have had great games where someone's played someone ugly but just incredibly personable and yeah. likeable yeah. which is, is kind of a nice subversion of that there's there's a few ways you can go with it so just going round um i set this as a high fantasy game according to pathfinder which is a 20 point buy system the systems on there they have a, a table that will automatically do it for you what that means is you have a certain amount of points you can spend on your basic abilities and then from that you can you can build your your basic abilities so just running around quickly James, what are your basic ability scores? Sure, I am strength 16, dexterity 12, constitution 16, because I've eaten all the pies, <laughs> intelligence 12, um, wisdom 8, because I thought it was a good idea to eat all the pies, <laughs> and charisma 13. So yeah, basically what you've got there is uh, a big bruiser who's um, actually quite sort of likeable um, and very, very healthy. Cheery oaf! Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I fell over! <laughs> Uh, no one's helping me up yet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, th this is what comes first in like the, all the guides and stuff, but you want to know what you're aiming for. So we did actually sort of at least have a vague idea of what classes we were yeah. planning to become That's a good before, we made the, before we made the ability scores. So James was going to be a fighter of some kind. Um, there's a bunch of different fighting kind of classes, but we knew that he was going to be a f that heading in that direction so we prioritize strength and constitution yeah i mean um, i'll certainly dedicate a bit of time towards it towards the end of the episode but certainly it's always worth discussing with everyone what you all want to be doing before absolutely. you build for the love of absolutely everything don't build it and then meet up and go cool i'm a fighter called jeff and i'm a dwarf who are you i'm a fighter called clive and i'm a dwarf who are you and it just goes on clive is a great name for a dwarf <laughs> <laughs> clive the dwarf but like in all seriousness you really do need to make sure that you sort of are compatible so we spent a good amount of time making sure that like we're not treading on each other's toes because inevitably one person's just by sort of luck of the draw ends up slightly better and then suddenly become the go-to guy and that other person's just kind of left. Plus, I mean, from a survivability standpoint, if everyone is a fighter, it's fine until someone falls down and then everyone just runs around not able to help them up, you know? Yeah. Why is hitting this wound with this plaster not helping? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, mean, I will also... sneak around the wound. <laughs> <laughs> we've also got four four people and there's a very classic, you know, D20 oh, yeah. split. When you've got four people in your party, you take a fighter, an arcane caster, a divine caster and a rogue. I Pretty mean, much. Which like, is what we did. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 become, it's become a trope. 
for a reason. Yeah. Again, stereotypes aren't necessarily bad. <laughs> yeah. okay, I Brent. still think we should have gone with the original four druids plan. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just the Pathfinder system cannot handle four druids at once. <laughs> Things go wrong. The druids. The druids. You can't handle the druids. It can't. It really can't. Um, yeah. Brent. Go over your scores for us. Uh, right, so I was uh, I was going to uh, be the arcane caster, and um, so I sort of chose to prioritise um, intelligence. But I also wanted I also thought about being a sorcerer, so I looked at intelligence and charisma. So I ended up with strength of eight, dexterity of fifteen, constitution of twelve, intelligence of sixteen, wisdom of ten, and charisma of sixteen. So the idea is I'm quite intelligent, uh, quite personable, quite good looking. Mm-hmm. And something that people will notice quite quickly is that even though we've got the sort of traditionally squishy characters, those are the ones who can't normally take a beating. Things like arcane casters because they have less hit oh, points I'm and very things. Squishy. Yeah. That said, I always try to encourage people in Pathfinder to have a con score of at least about twelve, just because there are a few nasty sort of traps and poisons out there which will just flat out kill you otherwise with no no real chance to save yourself so um if you're a very high dex character like a rogue for instance you can sometimes get you'll normally get away with it but if you aren't sort of that hard to hit and easy at dodging and with a good reflex you uh you're gonna want a little bit of a higher con otherwise bad things can happen uh ben on to yourself yes uh so as i said playing a cleric they run off constitution and wisdom yeah they so do. i went high with those see i've got 12 strength uh, 11 dexterity, 16 co- constitution, 12 intelligence, 18 wisdom, and 8 charisma. Um, mm-hmm. Basically playing into dwarven strengths, who make very good clerics. Yeah, they really do. They really do. And also, they always tend to be a bit gruff. Yes. Because the charisma always takes the hit. It does always take the hit. Uh, well, they get minus 2 to it. So. Yeah, kind of. Um, Lid, yourself? Uh, yeah, so I mean, I think pretty classic rogue. Strength mm-hmm. 8, mm-hmm. Uh, dex 17. Con 12, Int 16, Wiz 14, and Charisma a grand total of 8. So I'm very good at seeing and perceiving things, but not great at convincing people yeah. about what I've just noticed. So this is the grumpy side of the table. Yeah, we are. <laughs> and that's the flashy side of the table. Hello! <laughs> so the thing that's actually worth noting there is, obviously, um, with ability scores, the higher above 10 you are, basically the better you are than average. Um, and it goes in multiples of two, so you'll be getting a, a plus one modif- modifier at, at, say, a strength of 12, a plus two modifier at a strength of 14, and so on. Um, you'll notice that there's a few eights around the table. Normally people tend to lose charisma um, just because they like to make themselves good at hitting things. Uh, that said, it doesn't mean that your character's awful, it just means that it goes in reverse direction, so that's a minus one at eight. Um, at ten, sorry, at uh, six, you'd be at minus two, but when you get into sort of the sixes, you kind of want to be steering clear of that because you're having to really bend the game and it doesn't like it. It, it, it starts messing with the balance a little bit. Um, so after we've sort of got our ability scores, it's worth mentioning actually race. Um, a lot of the races in Pathfinder have sort of ability score modifiers. Um, as Ben was saying, uh, dwarves take a minus two to charisma, but get a plus two. Two, do you know off the top of your head? Constitution and wisdom. Yep. So what that means is that a lot of people will pick the more... It encourages people to pick the more obscure characters the more obscure races to get a greater variety because normally you're trading a minus two in one thing for plus two in two others and there are some really obscure ones which have like a plus five to strength but your charisma is like four because you're a giant and you keep stepping on people like it, it depends <laughs> on yes. yeah a little bit so going around just quickly what are people's races uh i am human yep Brent? uh i am a halfling mm-hmm. uh dwarf yep a human again uh-huh 
Uh, humans uh, get extra feats and skill points just to reflect that they're apparently quite good at you know adapting to situations. Uh, halflings, off the top of my head, they get a plus two to charisma, don't they? They get plus two to dexterity and plus two to charisma, yeah. but they take a hit to strength. Yeah, obviously, because they're, they're tiny. They're really small. I, oh, am, yeah, yeah, yeah. I am three foot two. Oh, wow. oh. On the bright side, we can fit you in a rucksack if we need to. <laughs> so once we've got those core abilities, we're heading into discussing basically skills. So as I was saying earlier... Um, outside of combat, never mind inside, you're uh, going to be rolling dice to see what you're good at, what you're bad at. Um, these, off the top of my head, these include things like, you know, uh, acrobatics, climb, diplomacy, disguise, handle animal. It's quite a, it's quite a yeah. broad list. The idea is that it's meant to cover as much, as much as possible so that your character's sort of individuality will shine through in the game system. Um, I'm not going to get everyone to go sort of crazy because it'll take ages because mm-hmm. there's so many, but... Just having a look at your sheet, James, what would you say are the things that you're really good at and is there anything that you're violently terrible at? Sure. Um, I'm quite outdoorsy, so I'm quite good at things like uh, handle animal uh, riding if I take off my massive armour the size of a house. <laughs> um, <laughs> that sort of stuff. Um, it's I... worth mentioning, actually, mm-hmm. at this point. Um, armour has something called an armour check penalty. So what that is, is it's a it's a penalty that you take for wearing big, heavy armour, which makes you great and hard to hit, but it doesn't really make sense for someone wearing, like James is saying, a house to be good at dancing and acrobatics. So you'll tend to take a massive penalty whilst you're wearing it, but that'll go away the second you take the armour off. So that's sort of what James is referring to there. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else here I, I concentrate on. Oh, yes, I also have very strong knowledge nobility uh, because I was born with a silver spoon jammed down my throat, <laughs> like really quite far, like scooping my lungs out far. Um, so I'm insanely good at that. I'm very bad at stealth for a wide variety of reasons. <laughs> That'll probably be the headlight eagle eyes you've got yeah. going on there. Mara, here, burgling you quietly. Shh. <laughs> Not a crime. Shh. <laughs> I feel like it ought to have Kit's voice, your armour. It ought to be oh, like, a, like oh, a Cylon okay. or like a Wong Wong. Yeah. Bryn, heading on to yourself. Um, yeah. What, uh, what are you good at, what are you bad at? So, basically, I, I love skill points, and I didn't get very many. Um, oh, I mean, I got more than the cleric, obviously. Right. And that would be um, because you're taking the hit to intelligence, amongst other things, right? What? No, I have an intelligence of 16. So why are you, why are you so He's low on wizard. skill points? I Just because I need them all. Oh, that's right, because you're not um, actually that low. You just you just feel low. Yes, I feel low. Uh, I, I put them basically in two main areas. I, I put some in um, talky skills, uh, so bluff and diplomacy, and I put some in some sort of magic-related skills, so uh, spellcraft and knowledge arcana. Well, yeah, they're, they're really straightforward. The two obvious places, basically. Yeah, knowledge arcana, if anyone's playing anything sort of arcane, magic-y, in fact, anything magic-y at all, you really do want to have that. It's pretty much the you know what magic is. If you were going to play someone, I've seen this play before, where you're sort of playing someone who's fallen into magic and doesn't really know what they're doing, you can sort of reflect that by having sort of a low knowledge arcana. It makes sense, but the way that Pathfinder works is it tends to put a lot through that skill that isn't sort of knowledge-based. It's like to, to do a spell and know what the correct spell in return is, yeah. which some would say you could do instinctively. And so to, to recognise other people's spells and stuff. It's, you know, it, it didn't necessarily have to be there, but I didn't want to... I, I was the only person who would take it, and I didn't yeah. want to leave the group without it. And it really hamstrings you if you don't have it later yeah. on, certainly. Um, um, I'm also surprisingly good at stealth. 
Not because I've put any points in it, but just because being a sorcerer, I'm not allowed to wear armour. Well, plus halflings. And I'm a halfling, so I'm tiny and hard to notice. <laughs> You're hiding behind a vase. Essentially, yes. He's hiding behind a vase in an amazingly immaculate suit. <laughs> it's also a vase. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and uh, Ben, heading on to you. Well, to quick, what you got at? To, what you well, to quickly illustrate, Bryn, how many skill points did you get? Six. Okay, not, not enough. I got three. How, um, how many did you get, Lid? I don't actually know. It was uh, Lid got twenty-seven, uh, twenty-nine, something like that. Oh, fifteen. So bitter. Sixty. Uh, basically, because she's a rogue, she gets <laughs> about forty. She gets a lot. It's around the sort of forty. Also, I'm nearer depending. to pie. Pies. <laughs> so I'm fairly certain Ben doesn't have pie skill points. How many skill points do you have? No. Ben? Okay, I have got three. Um, okay. <laughs> I, I don't even know how you walk around successfully. <laughs> Actually, with my minus three in acrobatics, nor am I. <laughs> uh, that's what a peg leg does to you. That's not including my minus six armor check penalty. <laughs> wow. So when she I'm clunking, just carry you, is that? Um, actually, uh, m- many of my, my spells and miracles are to do with not falling in water and dying. <laughs> Okay. Most of your skills could be replicated by just like wearing a life jacket. That... <laughs> yes, I am. That is now the cleric's nickname. Life jacket. <laughs> good, good. That's oh nice. yeah, for anyone who's never played an RPG before, you can spend as long as you want coming up with your name. If you if you wear a lot of armor, you're always Tin Man. Uh, if you're a dwarf, you're always stumpy. Like you will get a nickname whether so you want one. Pretty or much, not. these role players are uh, very imaginative, and I'm not saying that bitterly. Um, <laughs> no, uh, so um, actually, my knowledge of religion is zero. <laughs> it's actually one, but it's an unranked skill. So. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I don't know much about religion because I, I I was uh, made religious by the school of hard miracles. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty, pretty, pretty much, almost dying and finding religion that way. Um, so unlike you know being schooled uh, like these flash spell people. Um, so no, but I do have a ten in uh, profession sailor because I. Was a sailor for years. For years, I also <laughs> chose the dwarven subtype salt beard, um, which is a dwarf that lives by water. You're going to cover that later, aren't you? Uh, no, no, no okay. t- yeah, totally okay. worth mentioning. Yeah. I'm just chuckling because I, I love the ones that are named and are creatively named, but really obvious what they are. Like yeah. uh, James's character, we'll cover it a bit later. Has a has a feat called um, what was it? Pomp and. Um... Pomp and pageantry. Pomp and pageantry, which is the best name ever for what it is. We'll cover it a bit later, but I really love it when you've got those names that are just creative, but just obvious. It yep. really helps. Um, I've also got the classic heel. Um, but yes, I am super bad at acrobatics, uh, stealth. <laughs> uh, Climate. Useful for a sailor swimming. <laughs> well, you know, um, I'm, I'm, I think I'm all you right. You like a No, 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 I'm all right. I've got, a, I've got a two. I just have to take my armour off. Uh, <laughs> The, the peg leg doesn't actually not help with that. I guess it doesn't make you less buoyant. Which skill would you use if you were taking off your armour in a hurry? Uh, I'd use stepping stones, which is one of my domain miracles, which creates a stone. Ooh, look underneath. at you with your press. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I also have a heavy wooden shield, which is buoyant. Uh, so I'll just hang off the bottom of it. <laughs> <laughs> Drowning but near the surface. I can forecast this beautiful yeah. scene where we're, our two characters are both There's like, no like, room. like in Titanic. We're both on There's this no shield. Room. One of us hanging off the edge. Yeah. <laughs> Never let go. Let go. I'm totally going to kick it you off. Removes, it, it actually it removes the thing because I can have endure elements. So I'd just be like, it's uh, really yeah. cold. I don't care. It's fine. <laughs> well, so Jack's just there in the water watching her freeze on the raft. Yeah, just like, <laughs> should have been a cleric. <laughs> um, that yeah, would have been, been a film. Very different movie. I, I'd watch that. 
Yeah. Okay, Lid, uh, on to yourself. Um, what uh, are you good at and what are you bad at? Uh, I am very good at all things moving quietly. And Let's be honest, you're good at all the things. You have so I many have, ranks. I have, I have a lot of ranks and <laughs> uh, I managed to try and write a complicated backstory to tie that together. Which Do works. No, yeah, 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 it's good. Uh, so, uh, yeah, anything acrobatics, climb... Uh, sleight of hand, stealth, and survival. Uh, I'm good at. Presumably, trap finding is on there. Well, that's. I was going to group them, Alex. Oh, I uh, see. You. All things movement, I can do. Uh, all things kind of slightly mechanical as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, things like, yeah, trap finding, uh, disabled device, disable yeah. device, and those and escape artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. I don't understand why my fly is so high. Oh, it's because it's it's dexterity. The idea is that if ah. someone else gives you the ability to fly, like the cleric eventually, like if he Ooh. chooses, can give have spells like mass fly, where everyone flies. Amazing. Um, and if he gives it to you, because you're just naturally, naturally really good, good with your body, cool. And um, you're so, you're just like, oh no, yeah, I get this. It's it's meant to be that you, high dex is sort of reflecting that you you pick stuff up really quickly as yeah. well. I'm I'm just a quick and sharp uh, yeah I, I, and i use daggers as well so that's that's me quick and sharp <laughs> um uh, except for when talking to other people not, uh, not so, so i'm i am a stumbly so i stay silent both to be cool and to hide how uncool i am so yeah. but interestingly um we'll cover it a little bit you do have the language uh, sign. So presumably you're incredibly language. eloquent because that's that's Quite that's got to be finger based, right? What? You've got an amazing accent in sign language. Yeah, <laughs> I, am, <laughs> I am so cool in sign language, <laughs> and I am filthy in French. Uh, sure. So it's just English I struggle with. So it's worth mentioning at this point. Normally in the RPG games, um, you tend to have sort of common is the sort of, it's the sort of universal translator language really and then the races have their own whereas i i kind of prefer to have a bit more variety so what i've done in this is that all of those um, racial languages are still there in addition to basically the languages of the real world french is a thing german's a thing swahili if you want to speak swahili is a thing don't play a swahili character because i do not know enough about the language to make that work okay. um but yeah so all of you are uh, covering a bunch of them it was just um, worth mentioning that uh, lydia took uh, sign language which is one that you can do yep. and lip reading um oh yeah that's so yeah that's but i think mm-hmm. i've got it, both yeah it's just worth mentioning because those are options in pathfinder one of the reasons that i like it is it covers those more obscure things yep um and it can be really useful particularly in rogues inevitably you're hanging outside some window yep. somewhere looking um, in no one can understand me just at all. quickly checking you can also speak english right yeah <laughs> yeah yeah although not very well as, uh, we've, as we've established it's okay. my first language but it's also my worst cool so at this point we're just going to take a brief break and then we're going to come back and start talking about uh, feats so bear with us one second A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, guys. Alex here. Normally we'd put an ad break at this point, letting you know about new developments at Rusty Quill, mention sponsors, or just recommend other shows that we think you'd enjoy. But today, we just want to take the time to thank you. It takes a lot of time and effort and money to make podcasts like this, and it means a lot to us that you've decided to listen, so thank you. You're awesome. In fact, you are so awesome that we want to keep making great content for you and introduce you to loads of new shows, but in order to do that, we need your help. The more listeners that we get, the more content we can make. It's as simple as that. And the best way that we can get listeners is by word of mouth. In the credits at the end of the episode, we include details about how you can get involved online. But honestly, the best way that you can help us is by recommending us to people that you know. 
tell a friend, tell a co-worker, tell your pet iguana. If just one of the people or lizards that you talk to subscribes, that's going to be a huge help to us. We're looking forward to making loads more content for you in the future, and we want to share it with everyone that you care about. So thanks again for getting involved, and we hope we get to meet you, your friends, and all your lizards real soon. Well, that's everything for now, so sit back, relax, and let's get back to the show. And welcome back. So now we're going to be discussing feats. Um, feats. I have two. Oh. They're on my legs. <laughs> you have one. I have extra feats. already. <laughs> <laughs> this is a meta podcast, James. A meta podcast. So by feats, of course, what we're meaning is um, sort of special abilities almost. I mean, a lot of people reference anime for this. You know, it's, it's your Kamehameha, if you know that as a reference. It's, it's your, it's your super reference. special, mega, awesome attack. more spell-like ability, actually. Um, what I'm getting at is that <laughs> it's, it's a sort of thing that makes you you. It's that skill that your character figured out at, like, age 12. Hey, if I spin this way, I can kick extra hard. It's just, it's just a technique or an affinity that your character in their past sort of developed. Um, they can be taught as well. Obviously, if you have a tutor, they'll teach you the feats that they knew. Um, and they're normally giving sort of a bit more pronounced uh, bonuses to things. So starting with... Uh, let's go the other way around. Starting with you, Lydia. Right. What feats did you have? Well, um, you might have remembered from two minutes ago talking about stats that I am... Very good at moving and sneaking and bending, but Mm -hmm. not very strong. Mm -hmm. So I took feats that kind of helped with that. My my two main ones are Dirty Fighter, Mm -hmm. which essentially means... uh, The practical upshot is plus one when flanking, uh, and it kind of means that I'm always trying to get around you and getting a knife under your ribs from behind. Is that a feat or is that a trait? Sorry? Do you want to talk us to talk about both? I don't um, know the difference. Honestly, I was... It's minor. The but... difference in Pathfinder is that traits tend to be very explicitly backstory related and Pathfinder really encourages you to only pick traits that are rele- like yeah, relevant. Yeah, so these are. So um, I think you have a couple like the crowd-based Well, uh, these are my only two. So like crowd... Crowd Dodger and Dirty Fighter are my yeah. So, I... so those They're traits, yeah. I think What's that... a feat then? No, so the they're... main the main difference is that you you only get traits at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. You and you get feats as you level up. Right. So these are traits. And, and feats tend to be bigger. Like yeah. traits tend to be quite small bonuses, and feats, at least at higher levels, become much bigger bonuses. Yeah, I don't the think idea... I have any feats. That'll be uh, a feat. That's a feat. Yeah, you to, will. To uh, basically, the idea so and mean... weapon weapon finesse is a feat as well. Mm-hmm. Those are oh, those will be your two. See the the idea behind it is like Bryn's saying that you take the you though. take the traits at the start. Uh, mechanically, actually, it makes your character more individual at lower levels because those feats are kind of a big deal every time you level up, and you can't give a starting character too many because okay. it really breaks the game. So the way they got around that is here you get like a a plus one like just one rank in swimming, okay. but that's a really nice way to basically in a party of everyone being a bit okay. naff, suddenly you're the swimmer even though it's only a plus one. Yeah. It just helps individuate your character a bit. Cool. So what were the two feats that you had? Sorry, uh, yeah, so my I've got two weapon fighting, mm-hmm. uh, which means that I can go crazy with those daggers uh, without much of a penalty. Uh-huh. Uh, and I've got weapon finesse, which is particularly good when you have very little strength and very oh, high dex, yes. because I get to swap those two 
in a couple of circumstances. So just to go into those a little bit of detail, the two-weapon fighting one is that anyone can two-weapon fight in Pathfinder if you've got the hands for it. But they're but, rubbish. Yeah, you take lots and lots of penalties. So you're looking at like a minus four... Minus, it starts with minus six. Minus six. Well, and minus minus, minus Yeah, minus four in your primary hand, yeah. uh, minus ten in your offhand. Good yeah. grief. So obviously no one ever chooses to go that route unless they're putting the feats in. Yeah. Um, the two-weapon fighting basically just minimises that till... Yeah. You're not really taking a penalty at all. Yeah, well, my weapons are light, which minuses two from the penalties, and then with two weapon fighting, it takes them down to minus four each. So it's minus four, then minus minus two from that, so I'm minus two. Yes, yes. On both hands. Yeah. Which is really useful. Because it's plus a dagger... Minus a bit. But the catch with that is is that if you really want to sort of up this, you're going to have to dedicate a lot of the feats that you pick as you level up to just getting that two-weapon fighting. Is that's, what, that's the trade-off with it, is that you get literally twice as much damage out, mm. but you do have to sort of go, I really wanted to be able to like climb faster, but I'll just have to put more into those two-weapon fighting. I've kind of got climbing covered uh, yeah. for <laughs> <decks>. a while. <laughs> yeah. And then the... Um, the weapon finesse one specifically trades strength when you're calculating attacks mm. for dexterity. And obviously, because you've got such a high dexterity being a rogue, it makes sense to have high dex, which makes you harder to hit. Yeah. But it makes it quite efficient because you're also high dex to hit. The trade-off being that you'll actually do a little bit less damage. Yep. But that's why you have the two weapon fighting. Yep. So essentially, I don't... I don't take anyone on face forward. It's yeah. more a kind of wiggling and stabbing and you're, you're flipping and flicking and jumping down from on high and you're very popping much an up unpleasant from surprise. Yeah. Yes, that's me. You're I'm, someone's bad day. I'm someone's bad, bad day. Okay, Ben, uh, heading on to yourself. Uh, you were correct. I have one feet. <laughs> <laughs> because not being a human, um, I don't get the extra mm-hmm. adaptable feet. So I have Iron Will. Plus two to my will save. I am very stubborn. And if anyone tries to control my mind mm-hmm. uh, or generally stop me from doing things, um, I get, I'm get i better at not doing that. Um, I do have about a billion special abilities, though. Um, so I guess I'll quickly talk about those because that's kind of what clerics have instead of feats. Sure, spin through. Um, I worship Poseidon, um, mm-hmm. which will make sense in setting. I'll mm-hmm. leave that for a bit later. Uh, but my domains are water and specifically islands. Mm-hmm. Um Hence the whole sailor thing, which means that, as I mentioned, you get stepping stones so I can create a floating disc per four cleric uh, levels. And uh, they stick around for a minute, which is very good for stopping me sinking to my death. Um, And I also have icicle, which is basically I could just fire icicles at people Mm -hmm. uh, and do some damage. Mm -hmm. Are you the Ice King from Adventure Time? Uh, oh, oh! if I could do his voice, I would, but I can't. So I won't. <laughs> but if, if we ever find a blue, ro- a blue robe and a cursed crown, I'm, I'm going down that route. That's it, fans. So, if you want to cosplay... I have, I, I have, uh, I, I'll, I'll get my own butler, and he'll be called Gunther, and it'll be great. Okay, and traits, actually, while we've got you here? Um... Yes, so um, I get a lot for being a dwarf and some more for being a salt beard. So I get plus two save versus poison, mm-hmm. uh, plus four um, combat maneuver defense versus bull rush and trip because mm-hmm. I'm very stocky and. Just to jump in, bull rush being where someone is physically sort of trying to push your character, say, over a cliff or out of the way or something. Rugby tackle and, kind of thing. Yeah, and trip being, you know, tripping someone up so that they end up prone on the floor, which has a whole mess of rules associated to it, which you're going to have to yeah. learn, Mr. Pegleg. Yeah. 
Good. Um, plus one of praise to all treasure found in or underwater, which is the salt beard. Mm-hmm. Um, plus two perception on stone-based uh, works and traps and hidden doors and stuff. That's the dwarf. Dark vision, 60 foot. That's the dwarf. Plus two to see survival. To spell out as well, dark vision being oh, that yes. you can literally see in pitch black. It's worth noting, Pathfinder, there's two types. There's low light vision. And then there's dark vision. Low light vision is sort of like, you know, if there was a candlelight that would like, you know, 50 foot and then in a human, you're like, I think there's something out there. Like an elf will get low light vision. That means they can see like 100 foot. I mean, I'm, I'm plucking these figures out of the air, but it basically means you're really good when there's just a tiny amount of light. Whereas dark vision is that you can only see in black and white. That's actually part of it is it's monochrome, but it, like pitch black. It's like wearing like um, infrared goggles or yep. something like that. She's quite useful. Um, and the last thing, uh, plus two to survival, uh, plus one to attack, and plus two to dodge against aquatic and water types. Again, salt Almost beards. like you've got a watery backstory. I do have a watery backstory. It's very watery. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> on to yourself, Bryn. Um, so I get a bunch of bonuses for being a halfling. Um, halflings are lucky. Uh, they're fearless. They're sure-footed, and they have keen senses. Um, and basically that improves my saving throws and a couple of skills, um, which may or may not come up. We, we will see. Um, the feat I chose for my character was combat casting, um, which is a very boring one. It it's basically kind of like essential. Steal, it, yeah, it, it's it's one of those things that's hard to function without. Basically, I can't really fight, and as we've already established, I'm quite squishy. But if I, if someone attacks me while I'm trying to cast a spell, it goes wrong. But combat casting helps me. Sort of mitigate that. Mitigate that, yeah. It, means it doesn't go wrong quite so it's, often. It's one of those feats. It's not flashy. It yeah. doesn't have a big like title or anything. But what it comes down to is mechanically, like in the rules of the game, it's really, really useful. Yeah. And it's fine to start without it. And then once you do, you really, really quickly realise why you should have taken yeah. it in the first place. Um, my much more exciting thing is my <laughs> class feature. Um, so sorcerers uh, are not like wizards. They don't get their magical power from studying and learning and memorizing stuff they get it spontaneously because of something weird in their ancestry because um, magic because magic and so it, it's they a sorcerer gets to choose a bloodline i've chosen the draconic bloodline so it turns out that one of my ancestors was a dragon which he deliberately picked because um like the backstory is all of it like the world history sorry is all available on the website rustyquill.com um but it's yeah, it's 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 a big decision from Bryn. Um, it's it's a exactly. plot point. You know, there's lots there's lots of options. It's not necessarily the most powerful one. In fact, it's certainly not the most powerful one. But if you can build a character who is eventually going to turn into a dragon, <laughs> why wouldn't you do that? <laughs> what possible reason could you have? Um, so hopefully, you know, if we depending on how long we play this this campaign and play these characters, uh, my character will eventually turn into a dragon. Which I'm quite excited about. Oh, Bryn. Always wanting to be a dragon. (laughs) Yes. Um, No one ever wants to grow up and be a dungeon. They always want to grow up and be a dragon. (laughs) The one one ability I have so far from having uh, draconic ancestry is that I can spontaneously grow claws. I have decided my character doesn't yet know this. (laughs) Wicked. Um, We'll see if he finds out at any point. Oh, I'm all over that. Okay. Um, uh, I took very... reasonably dull traits as well which mm-hmm. were influence and rich parents so i've written a backstory about quite a wealthy influential family based in egypt mm-hmm. uh, i think character backstories are going up on the website at some yeah point. yeah um, um what we've got is we've got sort of abridged versions because obviously we don't yeah. want um like or we don't want you audience to know every single thing about the character because then there's no such thing as a reveal which would be rubbish storytelling indeed uh so yeah so uh 
yeah, they're, again, not particularly exciting, but mm-hmm. I like uh, I like creating characters who have lots of potential mm-hmm. connections and lots of potential story hooks, and so there's a big family and lots sure. of things going on there. Well, I mean, we'll go into the backstory, like we'll round off talking about yeah. how you generate backstory and things, but yeah, it's... I'm a big believer that the sort of the mechanics of your character really has to reflect that backstory. Otherwise, you, you tend to end up just playing the numbers, um, which is why with James, who you haven't really done RPGs before, um, we were really making sure that like when building your character, we had a lot of people sort of saying, "Trust me, you want to you want to sort of you want to have your numbers reflecting this part of your personality and so on, because otherwise you can end up kind of disjointed mm-hmm. and it can come across a bit weird." So. Finishing with you, uh, traits and features. Speaking of influential families... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I might need a bit of help just disentangling what's a feat and what's a trait yes, here. Yes. Um, but yeah, so in terms of what I think of the feats bits, um, I have uh, exotic weapon uh, proficiency um, bastard sword. And why did you pick that? Because it's big and flashy. Biggest yeah. and flashiest one. Yeah. Here we go. I want the best sword. What can I do? Yeah, best one. Biggest sword. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, so that's it. Mm-hmm. So the character is all about uh, being big and flashy and as impressive as possible because he's on the hunt for glory. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so the Buster Sword, and I'm, in my mind's eye, I've got this sort of, you know, uh, Rocky-style montage where he just, you know, pays someone to make him better at swords. <laughs> <laughs> so your Rocky-style montage is you just paying Give by some card. Money. It is. <laughs> and, yep. and this guy's just selling you stuff. I say montage, it, literally, it's two bars long. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's cleared. Yeah, done. Fine. <laughs> Oh, excellent. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's it. Uh, yeah, so I've got a couple of... Uh, yeah, the other uh, warrior-y, fighter-y uh, one that I have is Power Attack, mm-hmm. um, which uh, you have to tell me what, what the exact mechanics of that are, but basically, isn't it... It's slightly harder to hit a thing, but when you hit, it's harder. It's, it's really directly... It's just trading attack bonus for damage. So the idea is that um, you see something, you're like, he's really big. I don't really need to aim. I just have to vaguely wave my sword in his direction and I'm going to hit him. Then you want to be doing that power attack. It's really useful against like big heffing great monsters which have huge like penalties to their dodge mm. because they're just big heffing great monstery things. Or buildings. Buildings, yeah. <laughs> or, or trees. Yeah. See, see Ben's, Ben's played power attack before. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think that I'm the sort of character that would power up a power attack, try and hit a building and miss. <laughs> well, then Just power attack is that yeah, for you. Times. <laughs> um, oh, in, the, in my mind's eye, in the montage, he practices that by cutting a cow in half in a single blow. Oh, oh, pretty oh, impressive. Lovely. Um, <laughs> it wasn't the first blow, was it? It was a single no, blow, but it was the third try. It. Stand still. Um, yes, and the third uh, feat I have is Noble Scion. Um, to indicate the fact that I'm from uh, very, very blue blood. Uh, and I've uh, plus two to knowledge and ability uh, mm-hmm. from that. I think, generally speaking, I was trying to pick things that were more in keeping with the character rather yeah. than like, I'd like some numbers, please. Yeah, I mean, um, a lot of people like who've played this game before and hear that would go, oh, he's not very optimised. Yeah, it's not something that I'm ever going to encourage people to do. Is I'd far rather you had a lot of flavour. I'm optimised for having fun. Yeah. How about <laughs> traits? Uh, traits. Yeah. So uh, I have uh, rich parents. Shocker. I, I had rich parents. They're dead now, Aww. and that's why I'm now rich. Uh, or was <laughs> until I spent all of my money on extremely flashy armour that has <laughs> no real bonuses. <laughs> and my favourite. Say again? And what's my favourite trait? Oh, yes. Uh, pomp and pageantry, oh. uh, which means that I get uh, plus one on rolls for acrat- uh, acrobatics, 
uh, diplomacy, handle animal, intimidate, perform or ride if I take twice as long doing the thing. So it's the idea of, uh, you know, you're riding to get away from the monsters and everyone's, you know, ten minutes ahead of you going, come on, come on! And yeah. you're just dressaging along. I'm going half the speed, but I'm getting away better. <laughs> that's it. I'm not sure it. how that's going to work. I love it. I, I, think I, I love that you've managed to basically make poshness like a bonus. <laughs> yeah. It's brilliant. I love it. That's what it is. Uh, so I will literally be able to roll the dice and check my privilege which um, so that'll be good so yes I just went for things that you know would fit with the character mm-hmm. that one, and that one sounds like it would be fun to play so I'll give that a go and even if you know I fail the dice roll mm-hmm. which is quite likely um, I will at least have, have fun describing and look how good I doing it. it and look oh yeah <laughs> yep yep it's all about the elegant dismount um, yeah so all of those things about being matching your backstory, uh, which in James's case would come out as a wonderful, glorious show of shimmers and gold and uh, fripperies. In my case, come out as crowd dodger and dirty fighter. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I I can slip around people and dodge blows, uh, and dirty fighter means that I get plus one coming around from the back. So once I've Ducked under your fist, I will stab you in the gut. That also fits with my character story. See, the thing I find really fun from a from a game mastering perspective is that James goes to all this effort to really, really pick all of the sort of feats and the traits that reflect his 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 bombastic character who makes unwise decisions, which of course requires him to make unwise decisions (laughs) and then we've got uh lydia who by making perfectly like legitimate trait choices for you know this really reflects my backstory oh is also really useful in the game yeah because i am not strong and so being able to flip oh no that was something else uh yeah crowd so yeah up in my acrobatics and sliding behind people oh yeah it's kind of what i do also trap finding and sneak attack which come from being a rogue uh-huh so. oh it's worth actually describing sneak attack at this point all right sneak attack means uh plus one d6 to damage flanking and if you're listening along at home listeners you'll remember that uh i'm, <laughs> I'm trying i'm trying um uh, i also get plus one attack when fighting from the when flanking from dirty fighting mm-hmm. so i will not be coming at you from the front no. um so to to spell out flanking just a little bit more for people who've you know never played at all flanking is the idea that if there is say two people facing um, an enemy from opposite sides um, the idea is that the person in the middle doesn't know who to defend against and that should be reflected in a bonus uh, so that's normally in a bonus to actually hit the person but rogues are the class where they actually get a bonus to do damage as well because they're banking on that they're the ones who are never going to sort of pick a straight fight with you they're going to wait until sort of uh, Bertie James's character wades in going oh, everybody oh, look oh, at me oh, 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 at, which, oh, oh, oh. at which point she's going around behind everyone sort of shanking them from yeah, behind that, those bonuses also apply if uh, you catch an enemy by surprise uh-huh. yeah there's a thing in Pathfinder called flat-footed, um, which is that idea is that if you get the drop on them for a change... And I will literally drop on them because you should see my climbing skills. <laughs> then, uh, yeah, you get to basically get those bonuses as well. Um, just running through quickly, actually, just worth mentioning, hit points. Um, these are determined by your uh, constitution stats. Normally Pathfinder suggests that you roll for these. I tend to discourage this as a game master because you can end up having a fighter who just through bad luck 
is basically is has a glass jaw and it really really messes the the game's mechanic up especially at higher levels because yes it averages out but those bad rolls can really break your character so what i've done is i deliberately um well at first level you get the maximum available true, anyway very true. but we're gonna we're gonna use a fixed value for future levels rather than rolling for it sure so just running through quickly at first level this is at the max but from then on we'll be um we'll be taking a percentage of the max which i believe i set at um off the top of my head it was about 75 75 percent of wasn't your it? of your die yeah because that's i, I find that that slightly ekes in your favor with it's, regards to it's a house rule i've used for a number of years yeah. and it's always worked really well yeah um there's there's some other versions where you roll like six dice and pick the best one but ultimately you just you're kind of creating problems that you don't need so just running around quickly how many hit points do you have james uh 13 brent seven <laughs> 11 mm-hmm. 10 Okay, cool. So actually, um, for a level one party, you've actually got quite a decent amount of hit points. Um, yeah, mainly apart be- from Bryn. Apart- well, Bryn doesn't need hit points because he can smile his problems away. He's got happy points. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, heading into now sort of um, the last bits before we start getting into um, backstory. Just equipment going around quickly. Um, obviously, James, we've already covered. Uh, Bastard sword. Bastard sword. Huge armor. Huge armor. Oh, um, also, um, I have a rapier for when I need to stab somebody at a formal occasion. Genuinely true. So notice that he takes the feet of rich parents, which is meant to give you like, okay, I can get all of this brilliant equipment, which will give me an early boost. Or... My <laughs> one piece of equipment I don't need that's huge and impressive. Yep. Uh, yeah. Um, I also have heavy steel shield, uh, adventuring kit, and uh, clothing, mm-hmm. mystic clothing. <laughs> Adventuring kit being basically rope, torches, um, camping equipment, things like that. It's the stuff that inevitably you're going to end up wanting in the wilderness. And, you know, God bless Pathfinder. They did just say, look, there's an adventuring kit. Just buy the kit. It's got the things you want. Oh, you need a, be- a bigger kit? Get the bigger adventuring kit. Like, they just lumped it together because there's so many lists of equipment. Uh, Rin, answer your equipment quickly. Um, so my character has in fact bought a light crossbow um, and some daggers uh, and some bolts for the crossbow, uh-huh. none of which he can use very well, but <laughs> we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Um, I also have an adventuring kit and lots of clothing because it's important to look good. It is important to look good whilst you're doing stuff. Can I can I check a thing quickly? Because I've it. spotted that your clothing bring weighs uh, 10 pounds. Mine weighs 25. I realise I'm bigger than you, but am I, like, <laughs> wearing a marquee with a spare marquee in my bag? Well, it's, it's about having multiple sets. <laughs> oh, all right, fair enough. So I've got loads of different sets. Yes, as do I. As do I. And I've I, never remember... known anyone have as many ruffs as your character. <laughs> He's got ruffs for his arms, yeah. his thighs. Arm ruffs, leg ruffs, remember... swimming ruffs. Oh, yeah, his swimming yeah. ruffs. Remember, I am literally half the size of you as well. Probably proportionately less if you think about it in terms of like volume. Let's be person. honest, Bryn is well, the yes, equivalent. I, I could yeah. work that out if you really yeah. want. Hamid is what? The equivalent I... of um, Bertie's like leg? <laughs> Should we <Yeah>. say? <laughs> it makes sense. Okay, uh, right, Ben, onto yourself. Uh, I have a trident. Yes. Because it is my god's favourite weapon. Yeah, because, worth mentioning at this know. point. I feel like we probably should. I will yes. go into it a bit more, but um, in this game setting, um, we. Uh, Pathfinder likes using a pantheon rather than like a single deity or anything like that. So. For various reasons, I've gone with the Greek pantheon, um, which is obviously why Mr. Trident over here has a trident. Um, and it's because it's, you know, it's the weapon of his chosen deity. Find a picture of Poseidon without a trident. Or dolphins. There you um, go, homework. Hence why his <laughs> holy symbol is the, the driftwood dolphin. Yep, yep. Um, scale mail, heavy wooden shield mm-hmm. for the aforementioned floating. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
Uh, I also have basically an adventuring kit. I've also got a cold lantern, which is a lantern. I may have misnamed that. Wow. It basically, there's two types of lantern that are effectively the same price. The in dangerous Pathfinder. one and the not yeah, dangerous one. Yeah, there's one which is a candle covered in glass, and there's one which is a candle covered in steel grill. And anyone who knows their mining history will know that <laughs> doing so means it can't set off um, flammable gas. It's a real thing because it dissipates the heat. But yeah, in Pathfinder, it actually has a small difference. So if it's the same cost, why wouldn't you get it? Yep. And I'm a miner. Well, was a miner. Yeah. Where that went. Um, yeah, and also basic edition compass and a signal whistle mm-hmm. because they're just very useful things to have. Okay. So, Lydia, um, how about yourself? What, what equipment are you well, sporting? I've got, I've got leather armour, which uh, in, is my clothing, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the leather. Underneath my super cool leather jacket, I have spring-loaded wrist cheese. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, these are the ones <laughs> And then... <laughs> I'm trying to pull the daggers back because they kind of only work one that, way. That was, that was on me. You weren't aware of them. And they're my yeah. like, favourite thing because yeah. they allow you to draw as a swift action. That's but then it takes you so long to, to put them to away. To winch them back, particularly as I'm not very strong. So I can imagine <laughs> I'm there kind of struggling well, afterwards. Oh, it's all right. Papa Bertie can come over and do your issues. <laughs> I don't think I would. Come here, stealthy one. I don't think my character would enjoy that at no. all. <laughs> Um, also within my cool leather clothes are small pockets in which you will find thieves tools mm-hmm. and a disguise kit and playing cards mm-hmm. uh, and a ton of daggers oh um, yeah <laughs> I, I think I've only got four right now but I'll be looking to increase yeah. that number I mean rogues in general out of everyone I'd say rogues tend to end up being quite the most diverse with equipment dagger centric so, yeah so with yeah. Um, with sort of the fighters and even the sort of cleric because he's sort of filling a sort of tanky role and they tend to put a lot of money into sort of magic armour and a magic sword and stuff and they just sort of bump those up whereas with the rogue it's like ah I use my batch utility belt my anti-carousel spray and all kinds of nonsense <laughs> yeah. but, but when we're fighting a fairground yeah exactly <laughs> like, it, honestly like with the rogue is it's going to be I think I do quite you. well fighting a fairground I mean I've got I could <laughs> Unlock the back door, wrench it all open, disguise myself as a carny, and take off. Have you never seen the Adam West uh, Batman movie where he has anti shark spray? Oh, yes, yes. That's, yes. that's the one where he apparently been the Joker to a surfer contest. Yes, it's, it's apparently been in his utility belt the entire series. <laughs> oh, yeah. He hasn't needed it. How big is this guy's utility belt? Staggering. All right, sorry. There's something called Handy Haversack, you'll learn. It's, it's one of those. Um, it's it's a bottomless bag, basically. Oh, like Santa's sack. Yes, Santa. Okay. Sa- well, Santa has a bag of holding, which is Batman. a bigger. I right. have a sack. Batman okay. is Santa. That's what we need to take away from <laughs> Good. this. See, you're learning, Jay. I, I feel like I'm, I'm gaining a lot. Okay. Okay. So, running around for the very last of the mechanics, it's there are a few values that are derived from all of the stuff we built. So you don't have to sort of choose it. It is just automatically generated by all of the scores. So it's stuff like saving throws, which are just, you know, how how good you are at saving against, say, a poison or a dodge, things like that. So what, for instance, James, what are yours? Uh, that is a good question. Oh, there we go. Uh, so my fortitude save is five. That would be to protect against poisons, the, not the cold, things like that. Eating too many pies. Yep. My reflex save is one. Does what it says on the tin. If someone's throwing things at you, you are more likely to duck or dodge out of the way of a trap. Uh, and my will save is minus one because I'm easily distracted by people jingling their keys on the other side of the room. So will, <laughs> will, is, a bit of a, will is a bit of a weird one because it reflects two things in Pathfinder, which is um, the ability for people to persuade you and manipulate you and things like that a little bit um it's mostly just to do with magic so there is a bit of a counterintuitive thing where it makes sometimes will can make you easier to hit with a big fiery ball 
uh, despite the fact that you'd, you'd think you'd be able to dodge it, I'm not talking specifically fireball, <laughs> but it's just there are some spells where you'd think it would be based off a dodge, and actually it's will save. Right. Uh, mostly, though, it tends to be things like mind control and things like that. Um, and what's the trouble with me? There's very little mind to control. Well, that's that's the thing. Is I'm I'm starting to think it ought to be a plus. Um, so, Bryn, how about yourself? What are your saving throws? Uh, my saves are fortitude of two, mm-hmm. a reflex of three, uh-huh. and a will of three. Yep. Ben. Uh, fortitude of five, mm-hmm. reflex of zero, mm-hmm. and a will of eight. Yeah. So that's <laughs> that's the benefit for the clerics. Is clerics sometimes people kind of you know knock on clerics like eh, they're like a fighter and not a god or a mag- magician or not as good. But the trade-off is, yeah, you get massive, enormous saves, particularly the will save is that huge. That is also with my feet, but I would oh, have a six anyway. So yeah, exactly, like you're, you're tearing away already. Yeah. And Lid? Uh, my fortitude is a feeble one, so <laughs> please don't poison me. Uh, my reflex is a five, so yeah, feel free to throw stuff at me. Uh, and my will is two, so so what? Yeah, it's really nondescript. So where do we fall, though, if I'm throwing poison at you? I think that's fine because if I dodge it, <laughs> if I dodge it, I'm fine. It's uh, and you know if you put it in my food, I'll probably perceive it because mm-hmm. I've got a lot of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a pie. Mm, yes, tasty, a pie. tasty poison. <laughs> um, but if you, yeah, just. Don't, don't uh, any kind of cloud of poison that I can't avoid. That'd be bad. Yeah. Okay. Can't, can't stop, stop, stop giving Alex tips. <laughs> no. Cloud of poison. Yeah. No. Yeah. I know what you mean. Uh, another one that's derived very quickly: initiative, which is how quick off the mark you are. Because this is a turn-based game for combat. We'll discuss this in episode one when we're actually doing some combat. But um, that determines sort of your turn order. So normally, for instance, uh, Lydia would have a very high initiative because it's reflecting that she's so quick off the mark, yep. and it's a big bonus for rogues. Isn't mm-hmm. it? first it's three so yours is three for instance yep. uh james is mine is one which i assume is the first and therefore the best <laughs> yes <laughs> uh Bryn, how about yourself two and ben zero yeah and um, that's for the kind of party makeup we have that's a totally standard setup there are a few feats which will boost them and things like that yeah but... no one's no one's cut sort of biased the system by having eight at first level which you occasionally get where one person has eight and everyone else has like one and two yeah whereas we're actually all quite close which will be interesting so there's there's a lot of optimization tactics where some people will deliberately get the biggest initiative that they can and also the biggest like one hit wonder spell that they can so it's just like you encounter 60 goblins boom you encounter four goblins <laughs> <laughs> like it, it's it, you, you see it happen a lot um and attack values just briefly this will depend on um your base attack bonus which is just determined by um which is one sec it's just that one there where is it uh so that's your attack bonus with that weapon okay and your base attack bonus is there so your base attack bonus is determined by your class it is just a fixed number uh, and then your attack bonus with a weapon will be factoring in you know that weapon which mm-hmm. will tell you um, your strength or in Lydia's case because of weapon finesse or dexterity and also the base attack bonus sort of all of that lumped together so yours would be with the weapon uh, four with the bastard sword yeah and yeah, with, with the, the rapier sword and with the rapier it's also four uh-huh. and your base attack is one yeah Bryn? Uh so my base attack is zero uh-huh. um, and it's zero with a dagger or my claws or whatever as well because um, I'm basically a bit rubbish um it is three with a crossbow. I'm mm-hmm. not terrible with a crossbow, um, but I will mostly be doing spells. Yeah, which so which are work differently. Yeah, they work completely differently, which is great. And um, yourself, Ben? Uh, yeah, mine I think is 
two because my base attack bonus is zero. Mm -hmm. Got a strength of one, and the Trident of Light Mace are both attack bonus e one weapon. Uh, off the top of my head, I'm not sure or if that's I correct. We'll I've, I've confused we'll myself. That up. No, it's fine. I've actually written one on my sheet, and then I got confused from looking at the website earlier. So uh, actually, we'll... I think my attack bonus is actually one with Trident. Okay, we'll we'll chase it up and we'll figure yeah. it out. Uh, yeah, my base attack is zero. Yep. Uh, and then when I get my weapons out, because I can flip them with dexterity, I get a one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, calculating Lid's attack bonus was a very complex process. Because yeah. there's, the, there's the penalties so from using two weapons, but there's the bonuses yeah. from the two weapon fighting, yeah. and then the negative from strength. And it's going from... to be even more complex in practice, because I will get... There's there's I, there's no point me attacking someone if I don't have a sneak attack or flanking bonus. So I am mm -hmm. I, everything is multipliers of small numbers. But what I'd say though is this: a lot of this will come down to style of GM as well. So right. I'm a big fan of sort of environmental things. Mm -hmm. So as a rogue, I like I I used to have a like a, a penchant for playing rogues. I really liked them as a thing. I never would have guessed. I yeah. know, right? But the way like, spring-loaded too close together. Yeah. Aren't they? The, the listeners can't see this, there. but Alex is in a big black. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's got weapons all over him, well, and you know. he's got grey uh, face yeah. paint on. Just oh yeah, eliminating the clanking. His, his eyes are glowing red. His eyes are glowing uh, red. Yeah, <laughs> but and his um, speech. You can hear that lisp. That's that's the teeth, the vampiric teeth. Oh, you him. guys, you're <laughs> so flattering. Yeah, but um, yeah. So talking about the environmental thing, it's worth noting that, like, for rogues, I'm a big fan of the environmental stuff. But all of you can take advantage. If there's a big load of rocks on a mountainside, give them a push; they will fall down on people. I love big loads of if rocks. there's a chandelier, why don't you cut that rope and drop it on some suckers? Oh, like, swing on it. Yeah, exactly. Is with the rogue. Rogue tends to work quite well if you have a GM who's who's willing to allow that kind of lateral thinking. If you have someone who's just saying, no, you will roll the dice and you will match the numbers and you are in a featureless room, then, yeah, it starts to get a bit I get a bit bland. Also, on that note, I really want to see Bertie try and swing off a chandelier. Like, this is heroic. <laughs> I'm quite heavy. Minus eight modifier. <laughs> I accidentally ate it. <laughs> and You're wearing it as a necklace. <laughs> Just to cover the last thing, which some people will get annoyed that we're breezing past, but it's such a huge topic, we'll probably have to do a podcast, uh, a podcast, a metacast, just to cover that, is spells. It's worth noting at this point that uh, Ben's cleric gets access to a whole load of spells. Quite like a lot. A massive amount, and he has to pick every day which ones he's preparing. So there's not much point going over it these day, this, at this point. It's worth noting, though, that he has a couple that he'll always have to prepare because they're his domains. I've got some favoured spells. Well, well the, the domain spells, then, are Obscuring Mist mm -hmm. and Air Bubble. Sure. And normally you'll get people will pick out the ones that they think are best or suit their character most, but honestly, there's so many that we just can't go into it now. Uh, Bryn's character is a little bit different. He's what's called a spontaneous caster. So that means that rather than picking from a heffing great huge spell list every single day, he gets a much, much smaller but he can use them as many times as his sort of body will allow him to. So I, it's actually I worth listing I currently know your spells. six spells. Mm -hmm. um, so my, my zeroth level spells, mm -hmm. <laughs> my cantrips, uh, and I can cast any of these as many times per day as I like. Uh -huh. I've taken Acid Splash, uh, Message, Detect Magic, and Prestidigitation, which mm -hmm. is the word I often fail to say correctly. It's a hard one. Um, prestidigitation is quite a useful one, though. Oh, it's it's showing yeah! off. <laughs> the reason I know that is because I couldn't say it and then took it because it was my favourite spell of all of them, despite the fact that it's the weakest and used it all the time, because all it does is allows you to do flashy magic that has no mechanical value to the game whatsoever. Want to dye your hair? 
Your hair is dyed. Want to have one extra like rough of five minutes? Done. But it doesn't actually Southern do rough. It doesn't do anything <laughs> even vaguely useful. It specifically says if this would give you like a real mechanical advantage. No. No, you I, don't. I, get will, to. I will mostly be calling it prestidigital blur. So uh, just to warn you, it's just going to be abracadabra in it. We'll see. Isn't it just your portable suit press? <laughs> yes. It's... Essentially, it's going to keep me looking good. All oh the yeah, time. yeah, exactly. Like it's just, it's just that one. It's everyone who plays a magic player always wants to occasionally just go. Okay, now I do something flashy. Does it do anything? No, no. I just want to be flashy. Press the digitation. I, I, I mostly use it to uh, light women's cigarettes in bars <laughs> using just my thumb. See, as long as long as they don't like fall madly in love with you, I'd call that a mechanical benefit. Uh, but you know, you still good. have an increased risk of cancer. Thanks can't for take that. that away with the press digitation. <laughs> <laughs> mm, no, I suppose you can't. Thanks for that. <laughs> okay, uh, it's important my, that this carries a strong. My first message. level spells are charm, person, and magic missile, mm-hmm. and I can cast four first level spells per day. Mm-hmm. Um, I've taken just quite a broad range of sure. stuff that does different things because mm-hmm. I like being versatile, basically. Uh-huh. And heading into just the very last bit, um, we're not going to go into everyone's backstories here as well because it will take ages because that's kind of the point of backstories they're meant to be big and complete um but just generally speaking when you're playing a game especially for the first time uh your your game master your gm will normally give you a brief um sort of on the story world what kind of campaign it's going to be are you going to be spending all of your time in a dungeon are you going to be traveling between planets whatever um and obviously you don't want to be writing things and having ideas before he's given you that or she's given you that because you can end up with something very out of place and then you're trying to bend it to fit and it just doesn't work like um, having a salt beard campaign I would have loved to have made that work like he, yeah. he grew up on the only like lake that's like 50 <laughs> metres wide <laughs> can we go back to the Oasis guys why uh, you know no reason <laughs> I just um, want to use some of my bonuses. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, yeah, you, you want things that are appropriate. And that ties into what we were saying earlier is you all want to gel. You don't want to be sort of treading on each other's toes. Um, if every single person is playing um, like a, a water-based character, you better hope it's a water-based campaign and you'd better have different sort of water-based skills. <laughs> Otherwise, you're all just going like, to get annoying one another. Um, also, it's always worth sort of discussing stuff with your game master don't just make it in a bubble don't get your sort of brief and go wicked i'm gonna go away okay cool so there's a secret society that exists in this place that place doesn't exist it does now and um yeah you, you've got to have that back and forth if only because everyone always thinks it's so that the, the the gm can get their hooks in you and and give plot elements that they can like sabotage you with later honestly it's to stop you sabotaging yourselves most of the time if you're going to insist on picking a character who's you know morbidly afraid of water and the first thing that happens in the first session is you're teleported into the middle of the ocean again it's it's going to have shot you in the foot and if you'd have just had that conversation the gm would have steered you away from that um, Although it sounds hilarious. Is, it, is this a good time to mention that my character is deathly afraid of water? <laughs> the thing that's making me my sad is all of these might be better than the campaign <laughs> I'm about to play. Yeah. Um, but there is one thing that I think is really important as well, which a lot of people kind of gloss over, which is you want to make sure that everyone at the table, and of course with sort of having to factor uh, listeners like yourselves into this, is is everyone at the table okay with what you're playing? Um, a lot of people skim past it. And honestly, you can get in some real trouble. Like some people, um, just because of their upbringing, will maybe pick a character that they don't realise could be offensive and things like that. And there's no maliciousness to it, but it, it can cause offence. So I always try and make sure that like everyone's happy and I expect everyone to tell me if they're not. And that's the thing, is that it's an important thing. 
it's a really important part of it is that it's it's a it's a social game and it is a it is a game you know it's not worth like losing friendships because someone decided to pick a a slightly racy character that everyone else hated um and i I think that's really really important if there's one thing that people took away it'd be that's the thing that people tend to skip and i think arguably it's the thing that could matter most because it's the difference between your group actually playing and having a big fight not in the fun gamey way and then sort of abandoning it um cool so that's kind of us wrapped up for the metacast is there anything that anyone wants to add anything else anything that we think we missed I like trains. <laughs> I agree. I also like trains. Trains are pretty good. Lydia, uh, trains, yes or no? I've rarely seen a train not having left London. Oh, are we talking about the character or me? You, you specifically. Oh, me. I use a lot of trains. Yeah. I, like, I like them. Are you, so Lydia's pro tra- Bryn, pro. closing statements, pro or con, trains? Eh. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's, so that's the end of the train podcast. No, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, that, that is the end of our sort of episode zero. Um, so thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. And um, like from me and everyone else here at the table. Bye. 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 Rusty Quill Gaming is a podcast distributed by RustyQuill.com and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial International License. Today's episode was recorded and produced by Alexander J. Newell. To comment on episodes, make donations, and view links, images, videos, and show notes, visit rustyquill.com. Rate and review us on iTunes. Visit us on Facebook. Tweet us on Twitter at TheRustyQuill, or email us at mail at rustyquill.com. Thanks for listening. Uh, there will be theme tunes and all that, but obviously. <laughs> and now I need to edit that. Thank you so much. Right. And you all get to laugh at my present presenting voice. You all ready? It's pretty much my voice. We all good? Yeah. Okay, welcome to. Episode <laughs> Made it so far. Hey, well, at least we already make stuff for the outtakes. Yeah. Oh, I hate you guys. <laughs> outtakes. Okay. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, all. It's Helen here, the voice of Azu from Rusty Quill Gaming and the host and director of Enthusiasm. Today, I'm here to tell you about. The Programme. The Programme audio series is a science fiction anthology podcast set in a world where money, state and God are fused into a single entity. Every episode is a standalone story featuring ordinary people inhabiting this extraordinary world. And for them, it's not the future that is terrifying, but our present. The Programme is sometimes funny, sometimes poignant, but it is always smart. Find out more about the programme at www.rustyquill.com or 
www.programmaudioseries.com or search for The Program Audio Series wherever you listen to your podcasts. Have fun and enjoy the episode.